0: Uh, uh, Little Mermaid was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I, I don't think I was intentionally raised in a post-gender childhood, but that was just one of those moments where I think it's definitely a girl movie.
1: But there was no getting away from it during- That's true. You know, there's no getting away from these Disney- No, Bobby, things. my
2: my youngest brother is your age, and he watched The Little Mermaid once a day for probably a year.
0: Right. I guess because, right. you know, uh, deep down inside, we all want to bang Ariel, so it's fine. Oh,
1: fuck yeah. Yeah. God, yes. I I totally did. (laughs) Why do you think I watched it over and over again? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly show about the show, Too Beautiful to Live. My name is Mike Frizzell. I'm podcasting from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the ranch in Manchac, Texas. And on Fridays, we bring you fun TBTL-related content like interviews with fans and themed clip shows. But this is Monday when we buckle down and recap, analyze, criticize, and sometimes even celebrate the content of the previous week's TBTL shows. I can't do this task all by myself, so today I'm joined from Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota by my i35 buddy, Anne Lundholm. hello Ann.
2: hello Mike
1: and welcome home thank you we'll talk about your trip to uh, Portugal in a moment uh, joining us from electric blanket studios in Pawtucket Rhode Island is my other good friend Bobby Pape hey Bobby
0: good morning Mike it is roasty toasty here at electric blanket Studios
1: yeah you all you guys always make an effort to uh, to make yourselves comfortable there in the uh, in Rhode Island
0: that is the number one priority of our of our house and our studios, actually, the more that I think about it, I think we purchase more things to just be comfortable than anything else in the house. It's a high priority here.
1: I I, I noticed that because you have the the machine that blows under your blankets to stay cool, and then you also
0: uh, you have do you have multiple electric blankets in the house? We do. We have one on the bed and one on the couch, uh, so you know for a throw. And there's other stuff, too. If you don't want the electric blanket, then we have the shark blanket, which is, you know, sentimental and right. warming.
1: Yeah. My mom used to be into electric blankets, and they always kind of freaked me out because I could feel the wires in there. And I was, like, like afraid to fall asleep in there because I thought I was going to catch on fire. But uh, but as as I've grown older, I've more seen the benefits. And, and I think I could probably use, like, a little electric blanket at least to put my hands under because my hands get a little, you know. I'm I'm old, is what I mean. Well, to as, say. as
0: the as the old person on this show, I can tell you it's worth it. And they come with timers and safety mechanisms now. It's not oh, like the old days. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, the old days you had to plug that thing in and then you woke up sweating and then yanked the plug out of the wall. That was really that was yeah. your timer mechanism was sweat trickling down your body and they go, "Oh yeah, I got to Now now I'm uncomfortable the other way. And now I'm having trouble getting to sleep well, because I'm too hot. <laughs>
0: Not the way of everyone thinking about your sweating, glistening body.
1: Yeah, oh, yes. Let's get started with the show, huh? All right. Well, we're going to handle our LRB business before we recap the week, then housekeeping. Of course, we'll come knocking on the door earlier than we uh, had planned while we're still naked. And finally, we'll let you all know how to get involved with the show. So let's uh, get
0: up into our own business. What is going on in the world, Bobby? Well, for what it's worth, I just listened to Friday's show this morning. Before we get ready for the recap, and I'm still sweating and glistening thinking about Gustavo Dudamel, so (laughs) I didn't even need the electric blanket. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get on with our Week in Review, let's do a little business. We'll start with the talk of our Friday show, which was a clip show with Anne and Christy talking about hot dog stories and thankfully, not actually clips of hot dog stories as much as clips about hot dogs. <laughs> that would be
1: terrible. That was that would be probably the worst thing we've ever done. Is to pick out the most boring.
0: Yeah, I had Let's to do a boring it on analysis
1: that. of some boring clips.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need help putting out a long rambling episode. We can do that without clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was an episode about hot dog stories, and we were just saying before we started recording, the funniest part is that, uh, Ann, you and Christy just couldn't manage to stay on topic, which was fitting. Yes. Well,
2: <laughs> as I, I put in the show notes, uh, Christy at one point said, this is what happens when I do the show on
0: Percocet. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. Yeah. We can only have one co-host on Pain Pills at a Time, which is why Mike had to retire from that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So listen to Friday's show if you haven't already or don't usually or or any of that, because boy, especially the clip shows, if you want to take a trip down TBTL memory lane, just think of Luke eating a hot dog off the floor of a casino. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, also in LRB business, just a reminder that we have merch and you can buy it. Makes a great holiday gift for people who know about TBTL or don't. And you can find that merch at littleredbandwagon dot com. Just go to the shop button. I think that's what it is. And uh, stock up. I'm going to be putting another order in for myself, just because uh, you know I have to wear clothes in public most of the time. And if I have to wear clothes, they might as well be LRB clothes. So
1: yeah. And it's high quality stuff. I'm wearing my TBTL hoodie right now.
0: There you go. Uh, on to and your returns. Yes. Mm-hmm. They let you back in the country. They full did. Of, full of Portuguese pastries. Boy, they
2: check a lot on the trip home. There's a, a <laughs> lot of
0: checkpoints and a lot of
2: scanning of various documents to make sure that I was allowed to come back in.
0: Yeah, documents and, if you do it right, body parts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your trip to Lisbon.
2: Oh, my gosh. I don't even know uh, what people want to know. Um, Lisbon is a lot like... San Francisco in a topographical sense. It's built on seven hills that all come together oh my. and then slope down to the waterfront. So uh, you have to be in pretty good cardiovascular shape to be running around the streets there. And um, I am still recovering. I think maybe this is one of the signs of age is that I came home on Wednesday, I'm recording on Sunday and my legs are still aching just from overuse but it's a great city it's extremely tourist friendly everybody speaks English there all the the people that you encounter because it's really a big tourist destination for a lot of Europe so I was like one night I was having dinner at a restaurant and the people on one side of me were Dutch and the people on the other side of me were Finnish and they were all communicating in English with their servers so it's kind of the common language around there.
1: Is that one of the reasons you you chose Lisbon or what, what why no. why Lisbon? Cuz I... I've heard great things before about it but
2: I honestly, I don't know. I just woke up one morning and thought, I'm going to go to Lisbon. I have a whole list of places that I'd like to visit in the world, but somehow that just popped into my brain one day and and I went with it. And I was a little trepidatious because I didn't know what the language barrier would be, but it turns out that it's absolutely nothing. They'll greet you in Portuguese and then if you start speaking English to them, they'll just switch right over. No problem.
1: Well, it's good that you knocked this one out while you were still pretty young because of the, <laughs> the strenuousness of it because it, you can go to like the, the Netherlands next and it's all yeah, flat. You if know.
2: you want to you can make Lisbon an extremely relaxing holiday because they have so much waterfront. Obviously if you go in the summer they have tons of beaches but um, even in the cooler months they have uh, promenades and piers and things and they have deck chairs all set out everywhere and people just sit In the sun and all the cafes have plenty of outdoor seating and it seems like everybody is sitting around either drinking a beer or having a glass of wine or a coffee and or smoking a cigarette. And that's basically what a lot of people are there to do. So if that's your jam, you could certainly spend a week doing that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't feel great about spending that much money to go and sit in one spot.
1: Yeah, because you can have a good sit at home.
2: Exactly. For a lot I'm going to spend a thousand plus dollars. I'm going to need to get out and see it while I'm there. I can
1: smoke cigarettes on my porch for
2: <laughs> yeah, with basically my, it cost my Bud Light. five five
1: or six dollars for the the pack of cigarettes.
2: But um, the historical stuff in Portugal is amazing. Anybody that yeah, hasn't look, look great. seen the, the photos that I put up on my Facebook page, and I tried not to go crazy with the photos because it gets old having to scroll like through 60 photos that someone's put up. So I tried to pick the best ones. And I went to a bunch of castles and a bunch of monuments and just roamed around the whole city. And it was great.
1: And, Did you just take those with your phone? Because yeah. they, they, those photos look great.
2: Uh-huh. Android phone. And the other nice. thing I would like to say is that Portuguese men are extremely attractive. And yeah. There are a few scraggly looking ones. But in general, they are very attractive people. I don't know so much about the ladies because I wasn't looking that closely at them. But like the my uh, ticketing <laughs> agent at the airport... Looked like he should have been in an Armani ad. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of how it goes with them there. So
1: it's just you can't. They're so handsome, you can't capture it in a bronze statue. From what we've learned,
2: (laughs) (laughs) right? Exactly. So um, I recommend it if people haven't thought about it. It's fairly inexpensive as far as traveling in Europe goes, and everybody speaks English. And it's beautiful. They say that November through February are the rainy months, but it was cloudless skies and 70 degrees every single day that i was there so it worked out really great
1: also if you're a person who likes rainy months or misses them like i do um maybe that's that's the place for me even if it rains
2: yeah i would actually recommend going in the off months because uh there were so many tourists there in november i can't imagine what it's like in july it just must be insanity so go in the winter you'll have a great time And uh, you'll learn a lot.
0: All right. That was your travel segment brought to you by the Portuguese Tourism Council. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to see Anne's pictures and you're not already a friend of Anne's on Facebook, we'll dust off an old link that I know still works. That's LittleRedBandWagon.com slash Anne. That'll take you right to her Facebook page and you can uh, give her that bump. See if we can make sure... Uh, I don't remember how many friends you have on Facebook now because that would be a weird thing for me to remember. But let's beat it. Let's get up <laughs> to the next 100 mark.
1: Because <clears throat> okay, I think
0: well, you had less than 100 when uh-huh. we started with with bringing you on the show. Uh huh. Facebook says now we have 110 mutual friends. So yep. that's something. Wow. You have 200 right mutual. Again, huh? Yeah, 273. So we we can crack the 300 mark. That's that's easy. That's like uh, Mookie Betts bowling a perfect game. Let's get you up to 300. I don't understand that reference, but all right. It's a
1: pretty deep dive there, Bobby.
0: Well, you know, for people who know it, they'll know it. It's like me talking
1: about Joel Embiid (laughs) and his Cameroonian origins.
0: We've got some throw your phone moments, but I think they're all tied to specific things during the week. So we'll bring them up as they come. But remember, as always, you get mad or you want to hug, throwyourphone.com. And an editorial note, uh, we got on the mics a couple of days ago and recorded the very special lrb special thanksgiving special that's a working title and that will drop on thursday not friday so if you are looking to escape your family or you need something to listen to while you're working on the thanksgiving feast or getting in your car to drive to see people you like or pretend to like for thanksgiving do it with us or
1: if you just like hearing me cry (laughs)
0: true if you really like hearing Mike cry go back and listen to the 2016 lrb (laughs) thanksgiving special but uh you get a little bit of it boy howdy
2: well i just i can't believe that christy hates thanksgiving food that much she has just not had the right experiences
0: correct absolutely and it's i've tried to fight with her about this before she just does not want to listen this is a green eggs and ham situation
1: we we did an entire episode of takedown about um Trashy families, and she comes from a very trashy family. So of course the food was going to be terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, she just got indoctrinated with some terrible food, and she's holding that against Thanksgiving for the rest of her life. <laughs> um, you know what? She she does she needs to have a a high end or really quality family Thanksgiving with someone, and just learn that it it, it you know it gets better.
2: Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that way.
0: Yeah, that's right. We need Dan Savage on the case (laughs) to do some PSAs for Thanksgiving. Uh, And with that, we'll go to our Week in Review. I'll get it started with Monday 2510. The woman in question. We get a teaser conversation about Luke's upcoming goat yoga story for CBS Sunday Morning. Uh, And Mike, you were just saying before we get started, you're excited for this because you like goats.
1: I do like goats. I, I, I didn't have an official position on goats until I, I met Emily, and she loves goats and sends me goat videos. And now we live in a neighborhood where goats are very common. Like huge, people in our neighborhood, There's two. there are two of them. One, they have uh, probably 20 to 25 goats, and an, there's another um, not close neighbor, but when we're on our way into our neighborhood, we go by there, and they have at least 100 goats. And I don't know why they're just cuter than other farm animals. They're just cuter. So um, she's considering getting a pygmy goat here once we get settled. A pygmy goat and and some chickens. Um, and I'm I'm in favor. So I'm looking forward to this uh, this goat story.
0: This is a complete aside, but I was talking to my mother yesterday, and something she told me that I didn't know is that I guess the last couple of months she has not been eating meat. Um, she is a pescatarian. She's still eating fish and listening to the gist, but she's not eating. (laughs) (laughs) She's not eating red meat. That's the only
1: (laughs) podcast you can listen to. If you're a pescatarian,
0: Yeah, it gets old. I worry about, um, having a balanced diet with that. Uh, but, uh, she's not eating meat or pork or poultry. And when I asked her why she said part of it was health. She just feels better not doing it. But, um, she saw a picture of someone holding what she thought was a large puppy on the internet. And she realized after that it was a calf and it was just Hmm. so adorable that she can't eat them anymore. Hmm. Hmm. Um, And here I am thinking, Oh, nice and tender, but she's, (laughs) you know, I, I, I respect her for it. I mean, that's fine. And and this was because she wanted to come for Thanksgiving this year, but her work schedule won't allow it. So, She's not able to, but I was, you know, she's going to be having dinner with someone else, and she just said it's okay because I'm not eating meat anyway, so my laboring over the turkey is going to be lost on her this year. Um,
1: Until she meets a cute fish, she's (laughs) she's still okay with having the the
0: fish. God, nobody let my mom watch Finding Nemo.
1: Oh yeah, that's (laughs) over. Yeah, exactly.
0: So anyway, if she watches
1: Veggie Tales, she won't be able to do anything but drink water.
0: Yeah, or uh, or uh, you know get super evangelical. So that's fine too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So get goats. That's fine. I'm saying just remember goats are also yummy. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Luke is holding off a cold uh, and boy, he really should have just taken a day off. I think that was the lesson there. (laughs) It was pretty gross. Um, I'm over here muting my mic with some sniffles and, uh, whoa.
1: I'm more forgiving of the, having a cold or sore throat or whatever on the air than I am of the eating because the eating is a choice. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, it's gross, but I'm more forgiving of it. It's, it's probably more gross, but I'm more forgiving because the eating thing just makes me mad because it's like you could have just waited an hour to stuff something in your, do we ever eat on this podcast? We know we're going to take an hour and a half or whatever, maybe two hours. Do we ever eat on the show? No. Nope. It wouldn't even a- fucking occur to me.
0: No, just lack you know? coffee and shame. That's all I've got going on over here.
1: And and it, no matter how hungry I've ever been in my life, there's never been a time when I said, oh, I just can't wait an hour.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't
1: even an drink hour? Diet
2: Coke anymore while we're recording.
1: Yeah, you just don't, you know, you respect the audience. I don't want yep. the burps or the No, yep. the, the Diet Coke, like...
2: um scours any junk off the walls of my throat, and then I start
0: coughing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the the visual. <laughs> uh, actually, Anne, I meant to ask you about that. Uh, how is your being reunited with Diet Coke going since you got back? Oh,
1: oh yeah.
0: God, it was so good.
1: It was so beautiful when you <laughs> you threw your arms around that first Diet Coke. Picture mm-hmm. me
2: running through a sunlit field towards the Diet Coke.
1: <laughs> I just couldn't I I really I really wouldn't have expected. You must have done your research, but I wouldn't have expected anywhere in the world not to have uh at least a small array of Coke products.
2: Yeah, I well The last couple of times I've done a big vacation, I have, um, stepped off of caffeine, just weaned myself off because for a long time I didn't drink any caffeine at all. And then I didn't, I didn't want to have to like wake up in the mountains of Europe and be like, I need my diet Coke. You know, that seems like Mm -hmm. a stupid worry to have when you're on vacation. So I figure at least if I'm not addicted to caffeine, then I can make it through a week without that. Um, and so I remember when I went to England, they had Diet Coke, but it was only the regular kind, not the caffeine-free kind. So I I just know from experience not to count on there being what I need. I, I did think that they might have it in the grocery store, but they don't. It's just not there at all. It's all Coke Zero.
1: Oh, and that that's unacceptable. You just cannot.
0: It doesn't taste the same. Bobby, yeah, tell it's, him. It's okay. a completely different experience. Um you know, I, uh, Will the Pilot is one of my favorite people on Earth, and when I'm in Seattle, I often stay with him in his downstairs bachelor pad basement apartment that will eventually be Aiden's lair. I can already see it going that way. Um, and the only downside to staying with Will is that he's a Coke Zero drinker, and I know that when I'm going there, I need to stop off at a QFC and grab a case of Diet Coke and... Huh. have my Diet Coke stash because it's... it's
1: Had no idea it was that different. It's
0: that different. And this is probably just like, I don't put sweetener in my coffee because I'm not a monster, but if you talk to people who use Splenda or use Equal or use whatever Stevia or whatever other fake sugar, they're very loyal to their fake sugar. And I'm sure it's the same thing because the Coke Zero versus Diet Coke is two different uh, processes of fake sweet. Mm-hmm.
2: And okay. the whole selling point of Coke Zero is that it's... Calorie free, but it tastes like Coke. But I don't want something that tastes like Coke. I want something that tastes like Diet Coke.
1: Right. Okay, oh, exactly. exactly. that makes sense. What's Coke Zero's new name? It's uh, Coke. Coke No
0: Sugar. Yeah, Coke Zero Sugar, I think, is something like that. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we're through the first line of my notes on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> There's a passing reference to Barbara Bogave because she worked on The Equalizer, the 80s show, and. It tosses out the idea that they could be Mr. Tough Guy, Mr. No Big Deal.
1: I used to do those things all the time. I used to uh, because ABC, the they they had that guy who did the movie promos, and he would do their their promos for, you know, uh, Fantasy Island and Love Boat and and these top shows or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I used to come up with all kinds of combinations. Uh, back then i i I can't remember like the names that i used to use but it'd be like she's a lesbian lawyer he's a cop from the wrong side of the tracks together they're the eagle and the cowboy you know shit like that and and that's i think that's what they were hearkening to
0: i would so watch that show (laughs) right it sounds like that they could learn a lot about life and one another that pairing, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Mister Tough Guy, Mister No Big Deal, yeah. they they have less. Oh no, to I, teach I meant the Eagle
0: and the Cowboy. I feel like, uh, oh well, I feel like a lesbian lawyer would have a lot of eye opening to do for the cop from the wrong side of the tracks, and <laughs> sure, the cop from the wrong sure. side of the tracks could help the lesbian lawyer. Yeah, uh, he, he has bit. a lot of streetwise yeah. tricks. Yeah. To, to teach her. Boy, when's pilot season? We need to work on our upfront. Yeah,
1: right. Am I right? The Eagle and the Cowboy.
0: I uh, would get an early mention of an email from listener Rebecca, who is a podcaster, and I believe that's – I should have checked. The name of her podcast is suddenly escaping me, but I know people really, really like it, and I've been meaning to – Oh, it's to... called Group. Yes. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to make up for my lack of knowing the name off the bat. People... Ironically,
1: she couldn't get into a group <laughs> at the uh, Third Coast
0: <laughs> Conference. Look, this is all just her making content by – Appreciating that the Third Coast con- uh the Third Coast thing was very clicky. And also- Sounds like there were a lot of douchebags at the Third mm-hmm. ba- Third Coast. I conference. am not shocked, even a little bit. <laughs> uh, but also just as a uh luck thing, I think she was also a donor of the day on Monday. Yeah. Because that's Rebecca Lee. Yeah, right? So just yep. good timing there.
1: I, I I really think the reason you end up with um a lot of douchebags at something like Third Coast Conferences because it takes a little bit of nerve to um, to think that everyone's interested in your personal stories. Like, it takes nerve for us to be standing here, or sitting here, recording, and thinking that people are going to find us interesting. So um, it it's not surprising to me that there are a lot of overconfident people at these things. And overconfidence is probably the least attractive trait in a person to me.
0: Yeah, agreed. Well, there are two reasons that I was excited to do this podcast with you and Christy when you got started, Mike. The first was that you know I was a I was a white male around thirty with without a podcast, and so that was yeah a I know weird. you were
1: desperate <laughs> at that point.
0: But you know it's a show about another show, so at the end of the day, it's not us about us, even though it often is. It's us about TBTL. So I felt like there was a cushion there where mm-hmm. you know we were stroking our e- our own egos, but we were doing it very indirectly. Uh, and then also, we don't care if people listen or not. Like we know, right. Unlike a show that's like, oh, we're gonna do a show about X and we're gonna get as many listeners as possible. It's like we have a really finite yeah. number of people this show reaches. You either like TBTL or you don't. And then yeah, it's
1: not there's there's no ambition toward like it being a uh, money making thing where people are so into me that they're gonna pay. Right. or whatever to to listen to me talk. So it it's freeing in that way, yes. Yeah, I
0: mean if we hit a critical mass to do a stamps.com spot, I will read it. I have no problem with that. But
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, well, I would take the money. I to want play. a Casper Mattress.
0: Good. Yeah, see they yeah. well, tough to Needle please. We're a tough to Needle family. But oh, okay. uh I'm <laughs> sorry. You know, anybody wants to underwrite us, that's fine. But you know, we we're not trying to take over the world with our podcast. So anyway, that was my yeah, the third coast I could definitely see being that, and also I just don't want to dye my hair a weird color or get a face piercing.
1: I I picture it as like the 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 parties or whatever the, they go out to the bar or whatever after, and everyone's just waiting for the other person to finish talking so that they can talk.
0: Right. Ugh. Uh, we got to keep going. Let's fast forward through the flat top. Sorry, the flat. I've no, no. It's, well, you know, I think it's because Friday's clip show was hot dog stories, so we're really feeling the. Uh let's fast forward through Flat Top Grill saga because okay, it was complicated and the guys hated it but then I think liked it because they talked about it later in the week. Um let's talk about them going out and the random lady who was affiliated with the conference at this bar first puts a drink on their table without asking, and is kind of a jerk about it. And Luke calls her out on it half jokingly Although, who knows how many drinks Luke had had. It might not have sounded like a joke. And she right. was kind of bitchy back at him. And that was just the beginning of their interactions for the night. Uh, turns out through social connections, uh, they sort of take seats at the, the Luke and friends' table. And they say they're just holding them until Luke and friends get back. Luke compares it to when somebody's in your seat on an airplane. And... You approach them and they say, oh, I don't have to sit here. You can have your seat if you want. And it puts you in that awkward position of telling someone, yeah, get out of my fucking seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's
1: called like a, 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 a dick turnaround. You know, it's like it makes you into a dick for wanting to sit where you booked.
0: Right. Uh, but she gets her comeuppance because an hour later while Luca's in the bathroom, a lady gets thrown out by a very stern bartender and her colleagues who come over and the bartender says out now so clearly there had already been some uh previous infractions on that night with this woman the bartender later tells luke she has a low trigger point uh and the next day andrew blows up this chick spot with some colleagues <laughs> and tells this story to some other people from the conference
2: Can I ask, is it really that big of a deal that she put her drink on their table without asking?
1: I've never encountered anything like that, but I haven't, you know, hung out in a bar in a long time, so...
2: I mean, it doesn't seem like that egregious... Why should you hold your
1: drink? I... I don't know. Or ask a friend to hold it. I mean, why do you have to use somebody's table?
2: Okay, frankly, I would never leave my drink unattended, but that's just me. Right. Yeah.
1: You you don't like being date raped? Is that what you're telling us? I
2: mean,
0: I would prefer not to be.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: let's tread lightly here. This is I t- I tweeted about this yesterday. I said, you know, in the current climate, maybe we could back off on "Baby, it's cold outside" as a Christmas carol just this year.
1: Sure, <laughs> yeah. just for just give it a little break.
0: <laughs> I think it was just the um, the the curtness of the action. It, it's not about putting the glass on the table. It's all about how it's perceived and how the social interaction is in that moment. So. You know, if she had turned over and just said, oh, hey, guys, can I borrow a spot on your table for a second? This whole thing would have been nothing.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's tone. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody would have fucked with her at all. Because to pour something, put something untoward in her drink would require three witnesses. So, you know, reduces the chances of that. (laughs) Uh,
0: But, you know, just a quick bar brawl. This is, you know, in the current age of TBTL when Luke is not a young go hard like he used to be. This is probably the closest we're going to get to a real bar fight story. So, you know, I guess that's it. Uh, We'll go to the top story. Luke recounting interviewing Ed Asner on Livewire and him being, uh, sadly, a gross old man who was weird on stage. uh, Being helped to the stage with two younger female uh, Livewire employees flanking him and him making a comment about wanting to sleep with them. And generally, just being awkward. And I think Luke's comeback on stage might have been the best possible thing he could have said. I wrote the quote. He said, "I see you haven't been reading the papers lately."
1: Yeah, that's pretty perfect.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I like how he used the papers because Ed Asner's an old man who probably does still read an actual paper. Right. <laughs> it's not just like I see you're not following the news. I see you haven't read the papers.
0: You haven't been scrolling through Twitter. Uh, this is unfortunate and it opens up a really big conversation about how to handle multi-generational things. And this comes up later in the week, right? I didn't imagine that. Mm -hmm. So as as more news (laughs) breaks on this, so I guess we can let it go for now. But the way I think Luke handled it in the moment was really good. And they have a quick conversation about how there's no getting through to some people. And Andrew references like his grandfather, who he would never try to correct for using an inappropriate term. Uh, and then they also lump Vin Scully into that group.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I've said before on this show that um, my grandfather on my father's side was a uh, he was big into coaching sports. He lived in small town in Montesano, Washington, and he 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 would coach. He would, and when he wasn't coaching, he would be watching sports, and he would use the N word uh, quite a bit and. It, a lot of times in what he thought were complimentary situations, like that, that N-word can really play, you know, that, that N-word can really pitch or whatever. And he's meaning it as a compliment, but he just never understood that that's, you're taking away the compliment when you say these things. So, But no, I never corrected him when I was a little kid, and my dad just let it go. Yeah. And my dad never used the words because um, he knew a lot of n word guys and, and uh, but he just didn't want to rock his his dad's boat you know I, I think it wasn't
0: worth it
2: it's really hard when I, especially with the age thing and there's a power dynamic there and a sort of a respect dynamic mm-hmm. that I think it, it makes it much harder to say things to your grandfather to correct your grandfather or your father or, yeah. or anybody notice that we're not really talking about correcting our mother's <laughs> and our grandmothers it's all about men but
1: yeah because we're horrible
2: (laughs) some of you have potential we know
1: we know we're horrible
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah I always just hear the big Lebowski quote uh, about Chinaman it's just dude Mm -hmm. Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature that's what runs through my head Um, Yeah. You know, later in her life, my grandmother was increasingly weird about race, but it's particularly strange to us. It was because when she was in high school in rural Ontario, Canada, she had a black boyfriend and it was Mm. a little scandalous at the time. And she was totally on the sort of progressive edge of that. And he was a little bit older and people talked a little bit and, and she was very much, you know, love conquers all moment. Um, but at the end of the day, as things slipped a little bit, it was just, you know, the era in which she grew up and came out and, and that was their big consternation with that Asner, like, does he fully know what he's saying and where he is and, you know, the appropriateness of 2017. So more on that in future days, uh, Luke leaves in, uh, or rather Andrew leaves in one of Luke's sneezes because they're inspired by Jad Abenrau and Radiolab.
2: Well, if they're going to leave in all the sniffling and snuffling and grossness. I I don't find a sneeze
0: bad at all.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the lesser of all the things that they (laughs) left in.
0: We get an email from boss 10 Jill saying that she tips $20 on the first day at a hotel uh, to her housekeeper to ensure a good stay. And once again, we get sort of the line with Andrew about whether or not that's tipping or bribing. It's a little too transactional for him.
2: I don't know. I mean, I understand where he's coming from, for sure.
0: Uh, I just tip well when I let housekeeping in, and I don't always let them in, and I've never thought about it more than that. I don't know. You know, it's one thing to bring chocolates on a flight and sort of hope, but try not to hope too much that you get free drinks. It's another to really make a power play for extra soaps and shampoos. I don't want or need the hotel soaps and shampoos that badly. when's
1: When's the last time you're like, oh, if I only had another... Hotel room shampoo. Um,
0: Sometimes I would rather go to a drugstore and buy my preferred brand of things just so that everything works the way it works. And I'm not that picky. I'm I'm a pretty lazy guy at the end of the day. But, you know, I don't want to smell like uh, mint and citrus (laughs) because I'm using whatever the Holiday Inn Express local shampoo brand is. All right. We get a quick yoga goat tease again. Uh, And I believe there's a picture. Well, they said they were going to use a picture of a, a... Goat on Luke's gut, but instead they use a picture of Luke holding an adorable goat for the show picture. Oh yeah, uh, I
1: thought I thought they were going to use a picture of his gut hanging out with a goat on his back. Oh right, that's, the way <laughs> that's I, what I, thought. I heard it.
0: <laughs> Whatever it was, that's
1: that's that's what the goat yoga is, right? They climb on you.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll wait and see how deftly that gets edited when it airs.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it see that's the thing about those pieces, those CBS pieces is uh, it doesn't seem like after Luke shoots it, like he has any um any input on the editing process. So right. if if the editor likes him, then we won't see his gut. <laughs> Uh, well, I think, but who who knows? Maybe some of the gut, um, some of the gut stuff is some of the best stuff, so they can't leave it out. Who knows?
0: The trick is to um, slip your editor a twenty on the first day of editing, right? Yeah,
1: on the first day of editing, and then you know, know
0: you're going to get a good edit,
1: right? Yeah, you could just or just pixelate my gut. Um. All right, Tuesday, twenty five, eleven. You better keep your nose clean in Pottstown. Uh, they start off the show by calling each other "son" and "dad," and that's a little bit awkward. I know Christy was pretty upset about um, uh, us calling each other "daddy" and you know all that, all that stuff last week. That was a pretty entertaining part of the show. Um, Andrew asked Luke to fi- to send him the drop that he used to to fix. Uh, Luke rejects it. He thinks that bad drops or badly edited drops are part of the show. Um, They're rustic. I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> if Andrew wants to edit the drop, please allow him to do so. And then this is the first we hear of Andrew's new Twitter account, at Walsh Draws, which I am now a follower. You and of which now hundreds follower. of
0: other people, I think.
1: Yeah, it's probably well into the three figures at this point. Um, and it is Andrew's pictures that he's drawn for Draw Something. I am a, um, I was a Draw Something user for a brief period of time. There were, uh, it was probably about six months when I used a tablet uh, a few years ago, and my drawings are very much different than Walsh draws, and my, my mother-in-law is the same way as Walsh. She draws very detailed stuff. She really enjoys the drawing process, but I look at it as like a, a round of Pictionary. I try to draw something in less than five seconds that can win the clue. Um, And I take pride in that. And and Mainly I take pride as a compensating uh, deal because I know I can't really draw but I know I can communicate. So the Pictionary version was very rewarding for me but it didn't stick long term with me because not only did I stop using a tablet but You know, uh, my, you know, Pictionary is very rewarding in the moment, but when you have to wait for someone who lives somewhere else to log on to their account and then make a guess on it, it's not, it's not as great. So
0: Wallstraws has 285 followers and I have
1: 274. Oh no.
2: How does that make you feel, Bobby? Pretty terrible. (laughs) The fact that
0: as Andrew's, the time
1: banditers catch up, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lose this battle.
0: Andrew's doodles from four years ago <laughs> have more followers yeah. on Twitter than I and, I and I think I put out some pretty good spoofs. I mean, I just anyway, you know, it's hurtful. Yeah, a little bit. Sorry, I interrupted. Uh,
1: Lu- Luke is still sick on Tuesday, and Andrew's getting finally getting better. His tongue's finally getting better. Um. Luke's sickness manifested itself on his flight home to Seattle, and a flight attendant said that he sounded like a piggy. Talk about hurtful. Uh, That was horrible. You can't help it, you know? I don't know. Um, When he got home, he got a care package sitting on his bathroom counter from Carrie, which included a uh, bottle of NyQuil, which he indulged in and then found out. Uh, NyQuil is a drug and does leave you feeling drunk. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm somewhere in between Andrew and Luke on that kind of stuff, too, because it does induce long periods of sleep. And you do kind of feel weird when you wake up because you wake up at a different time than you normally wake up and you feel still a little lightheaded. But I'm almost always a little grateful for the rest. Because it's really hard to sleep for more than, you know, 20, 30 minutes at a time when you're really sick like that. Uh, Luke is, uh, he, he's decided that even during his leisure time he's going to um, travel. So he went to Seattle for the last dinner party download, the last supper. Uh, then he knows he has to go to L.A. for goat yoga, another session of goat yoga. And then back to Seattle for the um, he's got uh, sweet tickets to the Hawks Monday night game which that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So Top story. Um, he gets more news of, of Ed Asner's dickish moves from backstage. I guess he was um, he was even worse offstage than he was on. Um, and I th- that that led to them deciding that was the tiebreaker on them. Not they're not going to use any of the interview because why promote the man's book when he behaved horribly on your set, you know? And already they didn't feel like they had a lot of content that was not weird or um, I don't know, uh, uncooperative because he was playing his grumpy role on the stage. Thought he was mm. killing it. Um, Good
0: for them. That's a tough decision yeah. to make because they're the kind of show that could really make or break. I mean, not just on an Ed Asner interview, but just in general. I mean, they're passing up the opportunity to bill a star mm-hmm. in their show description and their title that could get them more downloads. And yeah, that's tough. I mean, I I don't listen to every episode of Live Wire, but I might if I saw that it was a celebrity studded lineup with Ed Asner.
1: Well, he has a lot of liberal cachet, for sure, but um, it's pretty good foreshadowing, this Ed Asner stuff, for later in the week when the Al Franken news comes out, um, that the left has to get... If if you're going to be tough on on old white dudes, on old dudes in general, uh, get ready for old dudes that agree with your politics to be just as creepy as old dudes that don't agree with your politics, because old dudes... Not 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 all old dudes, but many old dudes get creepy and try to take advantage of these type of situations. Uh, Mar- There's an email from Marcy, and it said it got weirder as it went because they sort of asked like, "Who was there?" and you know, "Tell us how it came off." And she said it got weirder as it went, and that's not surprising because at first you're like, ah, this. You know, and then you find out as the interview goes along. Though well, that's who this guy is. He's he's a creep. But yeah, Andrew talks about how he would not vote for Bill Clinton these days, and that led to a talk about whataboutism, which is a really common thing now, which yeah, each party uses to excuse the boorish behavior of their own candidate. It's Remember how boorish that other guy was?
2: This kind of reminded me of, of when I was growing up and I would feel that I was being treated unfairly in comparison to my brother and I would complain about it to my parents. I'd be like, well, but you let Carl do this, but you let Carl do that, but you said Carl could have this. And my mother would say, we are not talking about your brother. We're talking about you. So I would mm-hmm. say, we're not talking about Bill Clinton. We're talking about Roy Moore, or we're mm-hmm. not talking about John F. Kennedy. We're talking about Donald Trump, or we're not talking about Harvey Weinstein. We're talking about Al Franken. I understand there's a context to all of these, this stuff, but it's useless to compare one to, the, to anything else. It's just stop with the whatabouts.
1: It doesn't help us get better no. as a society. Yeah. It's not
0: useful.
2: Just because so-and-so uh, was worse doesn't mean that whatever we're facing now gets a pass.
0: Yeah. But the Clinton stuff, the part that kills me there is people talk about things that Bill Clinton may have done or or really did do. I don't think there's much of a doubt. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, um, we we want to have high standards and we want to have higher standards and – just generally speaking, we want to have higher standards than we had a generation ago. And so we can't fix mistakes from the past, but we can be better now as people, right? I mean, we can yeah. we can roll out a verdict on Bill Clinton now. We can stop idolizing him as a leader of the not very liberal left, uh, <laughs> you know, if you want. But, but you can remember all these things in context of a time and place, too. I mean, I think the Clinton thing was really big during – the late months of the Trump candidacy, which was, you know, during the debates when Trump trotted out all those victims, alleged victims of Bill Clinton right before one Mm -hmm. of the debates and said, yeah, it's not too, it's too late to impeach Bill Clinton. It's too late to not, it's too late to not vote for Bill Clinton, but it's not too late to not vote for Donald Trump. Uh, Let's learn from those mistakes, not use them as an excuse for doing things the same way in the future. These guys got into a really good conversation about this. This was a very thoughtful episode of TBTL.
2: Yes, I agree.
1: I also think that there there's a line between what someone like Roy Moore did and something like Bill Clinton and John Edwards and others did. Um, you're talking about illegal acts versus unfaithful acts. Right. You know? Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I think that, that gets lost too. No yeah. one talks about that. Like <clears throat> when you when you're trying to get out a fourteen year old girl, uh that's that's uh not only creepy but illegal. Having your extramarital affair, that's just that's just creepy. That's just wrong, but it's not illegal.
2: Right. I think we're and, at a point uh, where we're trying really hard not to minimize women's experiences with this and so if you say, "Oh well," I mean, Bill Clinton was a scumbag, but he wasn't a scumbag who who broke the law. That's I, I think we're getting into some some danger of minimizing what happened to those women. So I think people are really afraid of that, and that's why the yeah. distinction is hard to make
0: right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and also there's the power dynamic part of all of that with with yes. the Louis C.K. stuff that's happening right now. I mean. Monica Lewinsky was in a position where there was a power dynamic with Bill Clinton, and and even if something is consensual, is it consensual for personal reasons, or is it consensual for the greater picture of pressure from that environment? And yeah, you know, I
1: I get that. I just think there's a there's a spectrum.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, with yep. and and comparing illegal to unfaithful is is there's uh, is a lot of shades there. Um, They're all bad to different degrees <laughs> Right, right You know, right, depending on right. where I, your values lie
2: I think that liberals have spent so much time Criticizing conservatives for being hypocrites That we're really afraid of being hypocrites ourselves
0: Yeah Yeah uh, I do want to note that it was at this point During TBTL that Christy Wise paused the show I think To email who we've been calling Ghostface Listener And to tell that person That this is an episode to go listen to uh, and I was mm-hmm. really glad to hear that because I, I do think you know for two um straight white guys in committed relationships, they handled this with a fair amount of uh, tact mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah, I think we all have the same thought like let's let's get g f l it back in the loop on this episode <laughs> for the least uh email from a uh someone who uses or used to use vomit bags on flights because. Luke had said, who uses these things anymore? Um, Luke uh, uses this as a jumping off point to say that he used to get carsick and it led to a uh, farting incident that he (laughs) blamed on his friend's dog. But uh, it seemed like nobody was fooled by that. Um, Finally, an email from uh, someone who... Uh, was disturbed by someone playing video games and then uh biting their nails within earshot i 'm not sure if it was on a flight I believe so uh, but it was yeah yeah uh if you can hear someone 's n- biting their nails during a flight that 's some loud nail biting for sure but um but yeah let 's uh let 's put in some earbuds and uh i don 't know what we can do about the nail biting but uh we can. my mother
2: was an offender one time on the airplane, I forget we were probably going to San Francisco or something. And she was just playing one of those stupid little phone games that every time you, you make a match or you do a thing, it chimes.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: uh, I heard it and I was like, Oh God, mom, do you that's not cool. But you know what? Uh, I am not my mother's keeper. It is not my place to police her behavior. And she would not accept it from me anyway. And then eventually some lady in front of her turned out, turned around and asked her to, turn the volume down to stop it and then after we got the plane my mom was mad about me she was like did you hear that lady tell me to turn my volume down how dare she and i was like well mom it was pretty fucking irritating to
0: tell you the truth
1: (laughs) and you just click on settings and just mute the sound you don't have to like put in earbuds you just mute the chimes
0: more on that later in the week too actually (laughs) that's all i have for tuesday Then let's go to Wednesday, number
2: 2512, Catch the Pathos. Uh, Andrew mentions that he has built up his Draw Something following. He went from, what did they say yesterday, like three followers to now 165 to whatever, 285. Bastard. As of this recording. (laughs) And then they spend some time with him explaining the Draw Something rules to Luke, which does not interest me as a non-Draw Something player. Um, More interesting is that Luke went for a jog despite still being kind of sick and in direct um, defiance of Carrie's orders not to go for a jog. And uh, he feels really justified by that because he's feeling great now. And uh, Andrew's made a really funny observation that at least it's, it's a secret jog and not a secret boat anymore which is much cheaper <laughs> and less likely to get him into trouble and this is really an indication of their age um i guess we'll just have to hope that carrie didn't listen to this episode or it's not a secret jog
0: anymore well this is uh you know what they say starve a fever jog a cold right that. Yeah. yeah
2: it's really it's catchy uh they t- get into wrestling talk Boy, wrestling comes up a lot on TBTL. It always surprises me because Luke watched this documentary on Ric Flair the other night, um, who was one of the people that he loved growing up. Uh, One thing that always delights me is that Luke was asking Andrew if he had had any awareness of wrestling growing up in, quote, Valley Center, Ohio. And Andrew just says, Valley City. It looks like, God damn it. And that always makes me laugh because Luke cannot get the name of Andrew's town right, no matter how hard he tries. He says Valley Center every single time.
1: It's, um, it's very unmemorable. Yeah. So I, I give him a break on that.
2: <laughs> it just makes me laugh that he gets so upset with himself now for not remembering. But yeah. uh, Andrew was not particularly into wrestling, unlike Luke, who always loved Ric Flair and uh, now feels a kind of a kinship with him because of the documentary and the serious alcoholism that Ric Flair pursued throughout his lifetime. Uh, Luke talks about how uh, Ric Flair said he always had to go find the party, which Luke really feels that he understands. Um, And I guess he didn't really even get clean until really recently. So Luke's ahead of the game on that one. And he mentions that he, at this point, probably won't do another big blowout trip to Vegas anymore because he's just beyond that he can't go that hard anymore, and he doesn't want to go that hard anymore so but what a change ten years makes,
0: yeah,
1: oh we all hit that Vegas wall, you know uh if you if you're a regular visitor there, you hit this wall where it's you kind of start seeing through it, you start slowing down your metabolism slows down like uh the last time that i went to a uh buffet in vegas with my brother like it wrecked me like um i realized i don't want to eat all i can eat and it's gonna keep me from being any kind of fun to be with for the next uh 8 to 12 hours so yeah they it's just uh it's metabolism, time, age, catches up with all of us.
2: Yeah. Uh, top story for the day is this long teased piece on pod fasting. I agree with them that I think pod fasting is a pretty bad name for it. Terrible. Because it, it sounds, it like, sounds, sounds like giving up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I w- maybe I would have gone with pod speeding or something. Just not pod fasting. Fast but, podding. Um, right. Yeah. That's much okay. better. Um, so that for anybody that forgot is when people listen to podcasts, um, sped up anywhere from just a little bit to a lot. Um, Talking to you, Meredith. Yeah, I know. What a week for Meredith to be out. She could have some real insight on this topic.
0: I am Um, also guilty of this sometimes. Oh, do you? Really? Yeah. And why do you do it? Um, if I'm listening to a podcast and I'm doing other things, I'll listen at 1x, but if I'm listening to a podcast as sort of the primary thing happening in my brain, I like to listen to it closer to 1.5 or with the silences pulled out. I use Overcast, which is one of the apps these guys were talking about because it's just generally really good. I even pay – I bought the premium one because I liked it so much, Um, and it's because I'm kind of a fast talker, which I think you guys know because we talk all the time. And when I listen to Luke and Andrew or a lot of other shows where it's just talking and it's not a high audio production, like I wouldn't – I intentionally don't listen to 99% Invisible sped up because it's got a lot of audio texture oftentimes. There's a lot going on. But for two people talking, it almost sounds to me like they are talking in slow motion at 1X um, or like they're a little bit drunk at 1X. I think it's just because I'm a fast talker and – uh my it just isn't quick enough for me, I don't know, but I'm really comfortable listening a little bit faster, not always a lot faster, and I certainly am not one of these crazy people who goes up to uh three and over and all that that's crazy but one and a half, and the silence is out and and also that I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I like to get the time in the day, but mainly it's just because if you listen to, like Luke sounds slurred at one to me now, hmm. Interesting.
2: Um, uh, let's see here. Andrew starts a kind of a weird story about Herb Alpert that I, I couldn't figure out where he was going. But uh, it turned out that when he bought this Herb Alpert vinyl, he accidentally listened to it at a 45 RPM speed instead of 33 and a half. So I can't imagine Herb Alpert sped up. So he thinks that um, if you listen to TBTL at a fast speed, similarly, that slowing down would just feel weird. And it sounds like that—that's uh, how you feel, right?
0: Yeah, but you don't have to imagine. Uh, I tweeted out a video of this. I was so—I wasn't bored, but I was procrastinating on Thursday. <laughs> and so, <laughs> while I was listening to this, I stopped because I happen to have a little record player that I bought recently, like a little USB-powered one. And I happen to have a Herb Albert um, record in my office. And so I put it on and I played it at 45 and I shot about one minute of that and tweeted it out from the LRB Twitter account. So if you want to know (laughs) what it sounds like, it's very peppy.
2: Oh, God, yes. Yeah, Yeah, it's weird. Maybe I'll go listen to it. Well, they both say repeatedly that they do not mind if people want to listen to TBTL fast. Really, guys, seriously, we don't mind at all. Feel free. Go ahead and listen to TBTL fast. Uh, Since it's not one of those podcasts that depends on the fancy audio texture, a la 99% Visible or Radiolab, and um, and that takes them into a little tangent where Andrew talks about this thread that went around on the Stens page a couple of weeks ago about how someone was concerned that the show was sounding too produced. Yeah, <laughs> guys, I, I love you, people on the Stens page, but you crazy <laughs> if you think that TVTl is sounding too produced. Yeah. Just the fact that they're actually trying to like hit a more consistent ad break and maybe sometimes actually talk about the top stories does not qualify as overproduced. I, I don't think we're in any danger of of that happening. And Luke kinda laughed at that thought himself. So I think we're fine. Um then Andrew kind of calls out his own what he calls his mixtape hypocrisy. So he's all fine with anybody listening to TBTL any way they want to. But when he crafts his mixtapes, he is so uh, adamant about the order in which things are listened to and the way people listen to it, that he's just gone to the point where he makes it one big long track. So people can't monkey around with it at all. And, um, yeah, I don't think I'd like to listen to his mixtapes. I'd like to have individual tracks, but that's well, just me. I mean,
0: I I think when he does that, it's because he's curating an experience. I know curating is a word we've used a lot, and it's getting overused in general. But but his mixtape's not meant to just be a playlist. It's meant to be something that's assembled in a way that he's put care into thinking about how he wants you to hear it. And so I can I can understand that. I guess it's not like a gallery showing where. Here are a bunch of pictures I took, and I want you to see them. It's it's in um, order experience from end to end, where it's one finished product. The mixtape is one thing. It's not. Here are twenty songs I like. It's meant to be um, that. And also, when you're using somebody else's art as the basis for your art, that's what makes it different. You know, if you just put together True. a playlist and said, "Here are twenty songs I like." Uh, there's nothing special about that, but to really particularly put it together, I don't know. I guess I could see some of this for him, but maybe it's because I work with very particular artists as my living.
2: It sort of puts me in mind of, of going to a, a fancy restaurant. and if You're the customer. Do you get to customize your meal the way you want to, or are you obligated to eat exactly what the chef has decided that they want to put out? I guess I could well, see it either way.
0: Well, I will say, I mean, so Sam and I went out to dinner the other night to a, a fairly nice place that we had never been to in Providence before. And they have salt and pepper on the table. And it always amazes me because when you order a composed dish, I mean, it's not like I'm getting breakfast or something. You know, I, I got, you know, seared scallops with a with a poached egg and a, salt and a pepper speck thing. And like, I want to try it the way it was intended to be tried, at least first. You know, so I want to take that plate exactly as it comes. I don't want to monkey with it. If you go somewhere where Mm -hmm. you're ordering something that you've ordered many times and you want to start messing with it. But I have the same philosophy when I'm traveling. You know, if I'm going to a new restaurant or in a new place, I want to eat it the way you're supposed to try it. Um, And, you know, I could see it's kind of the same thing, right? Like I'm not going to go to Chicago and get a hot dog with ketchup on it because I'm not Luke. (laughs) (laughs) If it's special for a certain reason, I want to try it Why it's special. I'm defiant about ketchup. <laughs>
1: there, there's something fundamentally wrong about a restaurant like Flat Top Grill, in my opinion, because and and Mongolian Grill as well. I mean, I enjoy the experience and, and the food is fine or whatever, but it's not my job to figure out, you know, what you're good at cooking. Right. You know. So, what are you, What do you bring to the world? You know. That's delicious. And let's try that. You know, not uh, me gathering my ingredients and then you put it into a soup and then I discover, oh, I'm not good at coming up with a a soup. Right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So they get into the, I guess, the show and tell part of this topic and they play some TBTL sped up to at various speeds. Uh, Luke is worried that he sounds too aggressive, but he seems to think it has to do with the story about the woman in question, not just the fact that it's sped up, that because of the subject matter, he somehow sounds more aggressive. I I think he's stretching on that, but he seems worried about it. I don't know why. Uh, And Andrew thinks that he talks too fast anyway, and I really heard it when they sped it up. He was just going a mile a minute when it was at, like, two speed. And then they do a Radiolab example that they agree didn't really illustrate very well why you might want to play Radiolab at the regular speed. So I don't know. I This topic isn't that interesting to me. I guess if you want to listen to him sped up, you just you do your thing.
1: It's all good. I think if if you ever happen upon um Andrew and Aaron Mason doing a show and you sped it up i think the world would end
0: <laughs> you'd reach a singularity i've got I, I can't imagine it i've got too many shows in my feed as it is things that i never get to the last thing i need to do is try to shoehorn in some Aaron Mason
1: yeah
2: so they move on to uh an update on the the Rand Paul attack. Uh, it's getting very confusing. Nobody seems to really know exactly what's going on. There's a lot of back and forth on what the true reason for this attack could have been, but Luke is still pretty convinced that it was a neighbor dispute gone nuclear. And that is why a misdemeanor charge is appropriate. I was really feeling him on this. I thought he made good points and that this guy was not attacking Rand Paul, the Senator. He was attacking his debagged neighbor. And that's why
1: uh, that shouldn't be a harsher penalty. Uh, I think it's part of a grand conspiracy against people that have stupid hair.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One at a time. (laughs) It's going to take them down. Take them down. (laughs) (laughs) There is an anonymous voicemail saying that Andrew is not a weenie. I assume that is in (laughs) connection to his... Doctor's office story, and here is some breaking news for everybody. It was, in fact, our friend Amy Shepard from. Earbuds
1: I recognized and it so fast. It's pretty hard to miss so fast. <laughs> yeah,
0: if you know Amy or listen to Earbuds and Earworms, that she has an incredibly distinct voice.
1: And yep. also from the uh, throw your phone moment and our experience with her in our uh, chat, uh, we know how she feels about the issues. Yes. So. Yep. To hear, to hear, uh, even if it didn't sound like Amy, I still would have been like, that's probably Amy using some sort of voice technology to not sound like Amy.
0: <laughs>
1: she was uh, really, really sympathetic. Yes. Yeah. About the, the well,
2: we'll have more to talk about that on Friday. Uh, There's an email from Maria talking about Ed Asner and calling out inappropriate behavior or speech when you encounter it. She says, as a black woman, she just doesn't have the luxury to pick her battles the way that Luke and Andrew were talking about. And Andrew says, yeah, that's a good, that's a really good point. I I hear you and I understand you, but it's really a a tough thing to do. And Luke comes out with this (laughs) $4,000 car radio analogy, where if your car radio breaks and it's a new car, then yeah, you're probably going to want to fix it. But if it's an old beat up car, then why would you spend $4,000 in order to fix it? So I guess Ed Asner is the broken down beat up car that is just not worth fixing at this point. And this is where they talk more about maybe he has some neurological issues. You know. We can't really even speculate on what those might be, but something that affects his brain filters. And is it fair to hold him accountable for that? Or is it up to his people to prevent uh, these situations from occurring? So I don't know. This is just a hard
1: deal. Yesterday morning, uh, I was watching one of my favorite shows, uh, which is College Game Day. On ESPN, which is the pregame show for all the college football games, and the the they have a guest uh, picker every week who picks game comes up on stage and picks the games at the end of the show. And uh, part of the shtick is they they get flown in on a private jet and then they get uh, they get on this big fancy bus and taken to the site. And then once they're at the site, they're escorted from the bus to the stage by a um, an ESPN employee, a reporter. I, I guess she's a reporter. I, I'm not sure. Um, she's more of a host on this show. And it's, uh, it's this young African-American woman, and she is so cute. And I've remarked to Emily before, and she rolls her eyes <laughs> because she thinks I like all beautiful women of any color on TV. Um, so I'm watching yesterday – and she escorts him from the bus to the stage, and they're talking about his uh, movie roles and and his, his voiceovers. In he's Mister Incredible in the in the voiceover world, and Mister Incred- uh, the, the Incredibles two is going to come out in a year or so, and so they're talking about that. And then they get uh, to where she's going to release him to the stage, and he starts uh, walking. Away. They they say thank you to each other, and then he starts walking away. And he stops, and he walks back, and he hugs and kisses her, and then he goes on his way to the stage. And would you do that to a male reporter? Of course not. Um, it, this is just—I mean, he's seventy-three years old, and I just think as old guys, I think we we don't get uh, we don't get to hang around attractive young ladies as much as we used to, so. When that happens, when they're forced by their job or whatever it is to to hang around with us, we we take advantage of it and, and it's just horrible. Because when he turned around, I'm like, Craig, because I like Craig T. Nelson, I was like, don't do it. Don't you do it. And he did it. And it became a news story. And it might not have been a news story five years ago, but yeah. because of... Because of what's going on right now, which is great, it is a news story. And take heed, old geezers. You know, and, and I, if if I live to his age, I hope that people will correct me if I am doing this stuff. Because there's no reason that this this woman had to deal with this. So, she shouldn't have had
0: to deal with this. Maria Taylor. And is she hot or what? He, he, I mean, she is hot. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing wrong <laughs> with that. Now I gotta look.
1: <laughs> she she always has oh, the yeah. best she's clothes. yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah, she's so cute. But that doesn't mean we can hug and kiss her. She's a reporter. Right. You... She's she's not a hug and kiss girl.
0: <laughs> that's a that's a different service. Is that a service. job? In some countries, uh, in some states. Yeah. <laughs> on some websites. Comfort. She's
1: not a comfort woman. Right. <laughs>
0: Oh uh, God! Not coach. Somewhere, Dauber is just crying in a corner.
1: Yes. Well, you know, if coach were still coaching, he would have. To, he would be resigning today, and Dauber would be getting his, his interim. That's sales. right.
0: Uh, that's well, a deep
1: dive for you, coach fans.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I think we're all um, wrestling with a, with a difficult problem. Now, all of a sudden, I think there aren't any easy answers for this one other than
0: creepy old guys. Don't do it. But thank you. And we don't have to deal with it. Mike, for speaking to your generation so boldly. (laughs) Uh, Hey,
1: you know, you're you're with us in spirit. I'm with us in actual (laughs) age. Uh, I mean, why? Why do it? You just look at the lady. That's fine. You know, Point out to your wife how hot she is, and make her roll her eyes. Yep, that's fine. Yep. Do that.
0: This is just like how I always make fun of Sam because she's got a crush on the Mysteries at the Museum guy, who looks like a less disheveled version of the Trivago guy. If you haven't seen Mysteries at the Museum, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I could go Man. for that.
0: See, that, see
1: that Trivago guy. He was like when when we first saw him, he was like forty, and now he's like seventy-five.
0: Yeah, he's it's well, it's he's a road warrior. It really catches up to you. When's the last time you think he slept at home?
1: Why am I? Why am I supposed to take his word for a good night's sleep when he looks like he's never had one?
2: That was only the first ad. After they got all the feedback, they made him tuck his shirt in.
1: Yeah, (laughs) right, right. Hey, trust me, you're going to be so well rested when you stay at this place. Uh, Like you?
0: Mm,
1: No. Did you know he's a German
2: soap star? He's an American guy. I don't know if he still lives in Germany, but he did live in Germany and he was on a German soap playing like an American rock star.
0: No wonder he's exhausted. Those things are... I knew there had to
1: be some explanation for him. Yeah,
2: Trivago is a German company, so I guess that's how they found him.
1: That... Thank you for unlocking that because I was like, why is this guy at age 45 or whatever, why is he finally breaking through as a spokesperson... It had to, there had to be an explanation. Yes.
2: Well, now that we've solved that mystery, uh, the last thing for Wednesday is that Andrew begs, no one, please make any catch the payfellas merchandise because they think that's Mm -hmm. actually a really good Mm -hmm. idea for merch. Um, a plea that, that Bobby disregarded immediately. Well, and, um, i learned, made it a beautiful
0: tropical shirt. I learned from Luke, uh, Tell me to not do something. And it's the first thing I'm going to do. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then
2: a little interesting tidbit they dropped is that they are in meetings with APM for merchandise creation. So we oh, might get some actual licensed TBTL merchandise.
1: Yeah. They've been meeting with APM about merchandise for two years
0: now. I don't uh, understand why they just don't do it. It's not that hard. Right. It's. I think it's just, it's so different. Because it's not a make your donation now and get a tote bag. It's the thought of having a a store. Although NPR has a store. I don't know if APM Mm -hmm. has any outlets that have a – like if you go to Minnesota Public Radio's website right now, can I buy an NPR mug today and have it sent to me? I bet you can, actually. Um, The thought behind my T-shirt, by the way, was just that if you went to the mall to the kiosk that does the airbrush T-shirts because you just Mm -hmm. wanted one – you know, mine mine is a unique product. You'd have to go get your own and show them kind of what you're looking for and then let them do the caricature for you.
1: Right. I say fuck them. Let's put
0: this shit up on our <laughs> site now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We got plenty of great t-shirts already at LittleRedBandWagon.com. And with that, we'll go to Thursday. 2513, too much vitamin B, and boy, yes, it was. Uh, Luke is at Walsh, Walsh and Dormat, and we start with a little bit of radical honesty time. Luke has started every show asking Rudy if he's ready, even when Rudy's not in the room, because Luke's in another city or state. Uh, and Andrew is bothered by this. He thinks it's um, disingenuous and confusing, and he wants an alternative, to Luke talking to a imaginary, or at least not in the room, Rudy, Luke wants a poll on the Facebook page. So that poll gets launched and overwhelmingly people say, go ahead and say it to Rudy. Um, of course. Come on. <laughs> um, this is I have a biased making...
2: experiment if I ever saw one. Of
1: course. And what's the difference between um, an inert Rudy, which is Rudy, you know, and my dogs 90% of the time.
0: And an absent room. Right. You know, I think I jokingly said, I asked Cupcake if she was ready before one of our shows. I cut it out. But, you know, she spends 15 hours a day sleeping and five more cleaning and licking herself. Does that right. – does she really care if she's ready or not? <laughs> she doesn't need to be in the room for that. No. Uh, more on that tomorrow. I just, I... Okay. Oh, I'll save it till then. No, no. More on that right now. Anne, please.
2: <laughs> I am in the camp of um... – wishing that it would go away and not because I have anything against Rudy, but because I just don't think there's enough there, there to sustain it as a bit.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Just take notes here An animal hater. (laughs) You're
1: you're not, you're not just thinking uh, Rudy's not there.
2: Right. I, <laughs> uh, someone posted on the Stens page, well, I think we're all smart enough to know whether Rudy's there or not. And I'm like, yeah, that's not the point. It's that it's not that good of a bit.
0: Yeah, I, I respect the that. The problem is that we're paying too much attention to it. This is, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'd
1: be fine if the bit went away, exactly. <laughs> but I'm not offended by it. If
0: we just all ignored it, it would have run its course and disappeared. That's yeah. fine.
1: Now it's personal, and he's
0: going to do it for the rest of... Exactly. Because now that he's been told he shouldn't, there's no letting it go. Just like my t-shirt. Andrew tidied up his office a little bit, retired his red phone. Uh, There's a cord management conversation. We don't need to get into the details. Really, we don't. Uh, Andrew rediscovered the bag of swag from PRPD that Luke brought him back. It amazes me that he could have a present, essentially, unopened (laughs) for months. Yes. I can't mm. – I get excited. I run to the door like a dog when the mailman gets here. Mm-hmm. How could I <laughs> – I couldn't possibly be given something by Luke or apparently dropped off by Carrie based on the note that we they found in it and not immediately rip it open and see what's in there. Um,
1: or find out when you're going to be allowed. Right. The, you know, to do We it. do
0: an LRB host Secret Santa and – The hardest time of my life is going to be when the package arrives, and I know it's the Secret Santa (laughs) package, and not being able to Mm -hmm. open it. (laughs) Right. And
2: hopefully we've worked out our scheduling this year so that things will actually get there before the recording date.
1: Well, that's... Well, I think we've all all been properly uh, scared now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I ordered my stuff so early, and now I have it, so I can at least you know a few weeks in advance try to get it to the person right. but trying to you know it, this year i built in like 3 weeks into the process
0: <laughs> to get the pony express fired up
1: yeah
0: uh so that swag actually went into this week's hey dummies video which is pretty great <laughs> i oh we yeah. don't usually recap the hey dummies video but this one's worth watching luke uh luke is either climbing or falling on the ladder to physical comedy and he did a nice job with it
1: yeah, it was really funny.
0: Then we get a conversation with Dinner Party Downloads' uh, Brendan Francis Newman, the other half of Dinner Party Download, uh, in which we talk about all the people who are going to be on their Last Supper show in Seattle, including Vitamin B, the human script punch. <laughs> <laughs> he kept playing this so hard, uh, and it just reminded me, years and years ago, I commissioned uh, a rap from Rapmaster Maurice – for friends of mine who are getting married and he called it vitamin L because it's the vitamin love. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Vitamin P is pretty good too, except it's already taken by an actual vitamin. Uh, <laughs> Brendan Francis Newman's the, uh, one of the executive producers, I guess, of the Paris Review podcast now. So it sounds like despite the end of DPD, he's going to land on his feet, um, And we get some of his life story, including the fact that he was just a dirty burnout in the 90s in Seattle who was trying to get to Alaska and ran out of money.
2: And despite that, I'm kind of into him now. I was really charmed by him in this interview. And I don't usually like dirty hippie burnouts.
0: Yeah. um, My uh, man competition radar went off a little bit. So I guess that makes sense that women might like him because I got the vibe that he would outclass me in a social setting. <laughs> uh, he tells us that they passed on a Game of Thrones actor for their Last Supper show because they felt like it would just sort of blow up the dynamic of all the other friends and family kind of guests that they had and that they weren't... St- you bring a
1: dragon on stage and... Yep. Yeah. That's all people want to talk yeah. about.
0: So they didn't want to blow everybody outside of the water and, and mess that up. There's some Kerouac talk. I believe this is where... Um, Andrew admits that he was at that Bukowski bar reading Bukowski on his phone (laughs) because he's a walking cliche. Uh, And they ask Brandon about his calling TBTL the Wu-Tang of podcasting, which he swears he doesn't remember.
1: Well, I hope that if they are the Wu-Tang of podcasting that – that we are all somewhere in the family, right?
0: I think we have to be. I think that's how that works. We're putting out the unlicensed cut. <laughs> right. We're going around collecting tracks from Luke and Andrew and other people in the TVTL universe, and we're... St- we're selling
1: them to some pharmaceutical yeah. <laughs> dirt bag. God, that is actually surprisingly close to what we're really doing. Yep. Yeah. This is Minus the money. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: Well, you know, you can uh, make those, uh, those jam money donations at, uh, little right, right. uh, take care of the family, would you? And if you want to give us what, how much, how many millions did they get for
1: the exclusive? Oh God, I don't remember too many. We'll make you some exclusive content. I guarantee. Oh yeah. For that amount. Yeah.
0: Send course. us an offer. We, we can absolutely fire up these mics and make something just for you. Yep. Uh, Something in my notes I didn't put on the run sheet, but Luke calls Spokane the Inland Empire of Washington.
1: Yeah, the Eastern Washington is is part of the Inland Empire. We
0: actually use that name. I don't know that name out of the context of the actual Inland Empire. So,
1: Well, I I know they use that for like um, Eastern Orange County and such like in uh, California, right. but it's like Third Coast. It It can be both the Gulf Coast <laughs> okay. and the... And the uh, Great Lakes Coast. There's a
0: regional education for people like me who didn't know that.
1: Mm -hmm. On a
0: top story, this is the – I think this was teased earlier in the week and got bumped to today. This is the Change.org petition for the new school in Farmington, Utah, who have voted to be the Phoenixes. And the petitioner is concerned that this will also be pluralized as Phoenixes, which sounds like penises. (laughs)
2: Who well, would pluralize they, it as
0: phoenixes?
2: Nobody's going to do that. Children,
0: I think that's what he's talking about. Cruel, cruel children. No. If Nobody they, would if know. If they had only
1: not written the the cheer song about the big swinging phoenixes.
0: <laughs> See, that's what they should do. They should really just own it, right? Yeah, I embrace it. Because you can be called the Fenises and it sounds like a bad thing, but you could also have it sound like a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play an SNL sketch with Nick Cage and um, <sighs> Julia Sweeney. And it's a long, painful joke about baby names, only to find out at the end that um, that the Nick Cage family name is Aswipe, I think. It's Asswipes. Mm-hmm a long climb for a short slide, like a lot of SNL bits of that era. Uh, and then I think the most charming story of me for the week was Luke talking about being in high school and going to a Darrington Loggers game with a sign that says Save the Spotted Owl. <laughs> because he's fucking with the kids whose parents might be losing their jobs because owls are being protected and fucking up their logging industry. The... um.
1: I came really close to uh, going to Darrington High School my, my senior year. Um, I, I had to transfer away from Interlake High School in Bellevue because the uh, the basketball coach there made it clear that I wasn't welcome to play for his team. So I was in play that, that, uh, that summer at all the basketball camps I went to, and one of the destinations was, possible destinations was Darrington because one of my dad's friends was the coach there. Uh, I ended up going to Eastside Catholic and um, the two other contenders were Mariner High School in uh, South Everett, which is right, right, like three houses away from from where Christy and Jeremy used to live before they moved to Linwood. I've driven past uh, that school. But my my dream was to and I would have had to go through a lot for this because I would have had to emancipate myself as a minor, was to live at our cabin on Lopez Island and play for the Lopez Island Lobos, which they which operated on the lowest level of um basketball in the state, meaning that um just my, just by me being there and being the only one over six foot tall in probably the entire conference, <laughs> that I would have been able to average thirty to forty points a game and possibly win a state title, and just kick it back at my old, uh, my old coach at Interlake, which operated on the highest level, and say, oh, look at me, look at me. <laughs> <clears throat> so when I saw Darrington in the notes, um, I'd, I'd never talked about this dream until recently. I told it to Emily, and she laughed and laughed at me about it. And I I realized what a stupid thing it was, but but there there was a time when back when I was sixteen seventeen years old that I was really fantasizing about uh, about that. But uh, thanks for putting, um, thanks for bringing up Darrington, Luke, because um, <laughs> I almost went there, and I probably would have done really well there. And I would have laughed at your sign because I was not a logger, even though I. Uh, my grandfather was a logger, and my dad was a logger when he was in high school, and, uh, you know, I should should be more sensitive to logging.
0: It's a pretty deep burn. It's pretty great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? It's pretty good. That's, that would be a great So song. who
0: was your – well, you, you went to a couple of different schools, but, you know, I went to Webster Schrader High School, home of the Webster Warriors, and we didn't really have a – a mascot per se, which had a guy who ran around dressed like a very generic warrior, big foam sword armor, but like not accurate to any particular era or, you know, whatever. We split up high schools the year I went into high school and we had the Webster Thomas Titans across town. So I guess we could have been like the Spartans or something, but we weren't, we were just super generic warriors. Well, I just, uh, I just saw a
1: tweet, from 2011 that I I must have been watching a Michigan State game but I said imagine the irony of sitting in a luxury box at the
0: Spartans game. (laughs) Um, And what was your high school sport team? I went to Roseville High School. We were
2: the Roseville Raiders. Similarly generic. I think the mascot was a wolf though. I don't know where that came in.
0: That's,
1: well we were the Eastside Catholic, we were we were the Crusaders, which is an awful thing to be. And we <laughs> well, at least it a... makes
0: sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a more specific form of rape. There's a
0: lot of prayerful rape and pillaging going on. <laughs> sure. But, I mean, Anne's team's playing at Mexico City this week, so whatever. We get some other suggestions here from the guys. We get the uh, Darrington – excuse me, not the Darrington – the Farmington Snapchatters, the Lollers – There's a tangent about Bodie McBoakface and how we can't let people name things when they think they're being, quote, random. Um, Mm -hmm. Then we get the the, uh, Farmington Gig Economies and then the Farmington Task Rabbits, which is pretty great.
2: I kind of like that one.
0: Yeah. And there's a good sponsorship opportunity there. You could be like the – what's the New York soccer team, the Red Bulls? Just, you know – really own it. really they did that they went there i think so isn't there a soccer team called the? i'm mm-hmm. the wrong person to ask oh yeah right well because mike didn't i subscribe you to their official magazine for a little while
1: yeah the red the Bulletin red Bull magazine yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> also the los lobos uh band would have really changed the shape of people playing for the lobos i feel like they would automatically have a fight song it would be terrible
1: yeah yeah uh, i I mean, they barely—Lopez Island barely had enough guys to play basketball, so having a band would have been quite a luxury. Yeah. But I really think I could have scored 40 a game
0: there. <laughs> you going to just drag him to a championship?
1: I mean, yeah. Not only am I the most talented player in the league, I'm by four inches the tallest at 6'2". <laughs>
0: We get an email from listener Heather, who listens to 71 podcasts, and she says you can wow. tell how much she likes or doesn't like one by how much she speeds it up. She loves TBTL, so she listens to it at 1x. That's a good scale. I like it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think for me, there's some there's some audio involvement in plays, So, you know, I just I don't speed shows that. That would be tough. I speed the gist because it's just getting Pesca's take on something. You can fire that in there pretty quick. But uh, I still like it. I just you know want to listen to it in about ten minutes. We get a voicemail from listener Eddie, who has a dreamport dream that she's at a TBTL live event, and Luke has just received his second daytime Emmy, and William Shatner is there and jealous of him. That was my commentary, too. People who listen to this with the silences removed are going to think that was really quick, and I didn't give you any time to answer. <laughs> Luke mentions that he twinges a little bit when he sees people who've won local Emmys put that they're Emmy Award winners in their Twitter bios because he feels slighted because he has a national daytime Emmy, even though he hardly earned his. I...
1: Yeah, there's something weird going on well, there. yeah,
0: it's, it's one-upsmanship. You have a daytime Local Emmy. I have a daytime national Emmy.
1: But if you want if you want a local, a daytime local Emmy for some show that you produced or hosted or whatever, I mean, celebrate it. I mean, I, you know, Phyllis in our group, Phyllis is the one will tell you, brag on your shit. You know, yeah. Order the yeah. order the award, and I agree with that. Nobody else is going to brag on you. You got to do
0: it yourself. Yep. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, I'm not I'm not comfortable bragging about myself, but if I won something like that, I think I just it's part of a obligation. You have to order the thing and and you have to just put it on your put on your bio. It's it's a thing that you did.
0: We should add to the I don't know what the LRB bio says on Twitter right now, but we were the 2016 fourth rated fourth highest (laughs) podcast. Best of Western Washington. Fuck yeah, we And TVTL was second. We had 40 percent of the top five. Uh, We end the show with Luke not liking the guy from Dirty Projectors. (laughs) And some more talk, uh, as often happens, about Billy Corgan. And that's it for Thursday.
2: And let's head to Friday, number 2514, Be the Dude you want to see in the world. Uh, We start the show by Andrew telling us that uh, Christy had just tweeted a photo to him of her eating Skittles. Uh, properly arranged in an Andrew Walsh approved fashion while doing expense reports. And he is really tickled by this. Uh, Christy mentioned that she wanted us to add that she always eats Skittles when she does expense reports because it makes her feel like she's better at math when she has everything all organized that way. And for people that haven't listened to the clip show yet, we actually talked about this on Friday's show and eating Skittles and organizing Skittles. So it all comes together in a perfect moment.
0: Yep. She's a grade A uh, snack spreader. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Um, there is some talking about snack spreading that I don't understand. So I'll go right past
0: that. Just don't be the, a snack spreader on the bus. It's really rude and kind of gross. Mm, yeah. No,
2: no. Keep your food to yourself. The... The thing that takes up the uh, lion 's share of the show today is that Andrew went to the doctor for the follow up on his tongue biopsy. Um, he was very nervous, of course, who wouldn 't be nervous, but he said he was in a weird emotional space because of it, and he talks about how he feels like when he goes to the doctor he reverts to being a child that he 's sort of very scared and and sullen. he has more of a fear of doctors than I think a lot of people have, but there are plenty of people that uh, are not happy at the doctor's office, so uh, I don't think that's anything too strange. He says that the nurse who talked to him before the doctor kind of gave him a heads up on the results, saying that was really nothing that he had to worry about, which he really appreciated, and so he was kind of, um, he had two states of mind, I guess, about this. And one was that, oh, my God, it's tongue cancer. They're going to cut my tongue out. The whole rest of my life is going to be terrible. And the other one, which was, it's absolutely nothing. No problem. Go on, live your life and never think about it again. And he wasn't prepared for anything in between. And um, so he was really thrown when the doctor told him that they're precancerous cells. So he needs to get the rest of them taken out. And he immediately has started worrying because of the last experience, getting them taken off and the really extreme reaction that he had. And he's very anxious that the doctor thinks he's a baby. Um, I'm really going to give Luke some props here because I think Luke said all the things that we wanted to say to Andrew about this. In that he's got to stop beating himself up over this because there's absolutely nothing to be ashamed about. Not knowing if you have cancer is scary. Going to the doctor is scary. Getting medical procedures is scary. And you can't control your physical reaction to that stuff. So expecting himself to be some sort of stoic person about it when it's clear that he's not is just not fair to himself. So Luke says, don't spend any mental or emotional energy worrying about your doctor's opinion of you. And if really, if you are that worried, you got to find another doctor. If you feel that your doctor is judging you in any way, because it's just a waste of time and it doesn't help you. And he says, instead, just celebrate your decision to stop smoking because that was a great thing.
1: Yeah, it may end up saving his life. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Luke just did a great job with this. Um, so then, they talk a little bit about the the process of quitting smoking and and really the actual not having the cigarette wasn't as hard as Andrew sort of visualizing different situations where normally he would want a cigarette and worrying about how that was going to go. Ninety percent of his problems are worrying about things before the possibility ever comes up.
1: See, this is uh, this is why it was so helpful to me to just turn myself in and have no, you know, have no possibility of getting those drugs. Sure. Yeah. I didn't have to go through that, you know, th- well, well, how am I going to get through like playing softball this afternoon without being high? Well, because you can't, because there are no drugs because that's just what it is. So you've got to, Do your job this morning in the the unit and you've got to go play softball this afternoon. It's like um, I admire people that are able to quit things like that, you know, in in a non restrictive environment, you know, so good on him for that.
2: Yeah. And he gave us an example going out to the bar and it got to the point in the evening where uh, was it was it? Oh, it was while he was at Third Coast, and uh, Duras was going to go outside for a cigarette, and then mm-hmm. uh, Amy Wu wanted to go outside too, and Andrew was like, "No, it's fine. You guys go." And he said, "It just wasn't. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't nearly as bad as he thought it would be." So, I I hope that he can achieve some more peace of mind, and his doctor already said that they're going to take more extreme measures in the the next. Uh, removal they are going to uh, sedate him or give him um, a general and then they talk for a while about the difference between sedation and general anesthetic and they're very confused about what they've had they talk about wisdom teeth Luke says he had a general he thinks when he had his wisdom teeth out but that it was a really tough experience and afterwards um, he had a really hard time which was my experience because my wisdom teeth were impacted so they had to knock me out so that they could cut the teeth up into tiny little pieces and then pull them out Mm. piece by piece um andrew on the other hand said that his wisdom teeth were no no problem he got the sedation and they took him out and then he went home and and he was fine so i guess you never know how it's gonna go but they're gonna take care of him this time If there was one good result for him freaking out at the doctor's office, it's now they know how to appropriately take care of him. So I think that's great. Uh, They get a a voicemail. They play a little early from an anonymous drunk guy who says that the needle in the tongue talk has got to stop. (laughs) That's pretty great. (laughs) Yep, that does not. It doesn't bother me, but um, I know it bothers a lot of people, but the, the drunkness of that voicemail was priceless. Uh, They very smoothly skip top stories, except for the part where they have to stop and talk about how they smoothly skipped top stories. And go straight to emails, Uh, first from Sadie, who was talking about um, people who don't use headphones in public and tells a story of a flight that she and her husband were on where someone played bad Christian rock music without headphones, and Sadie's husband almost got aggressive. And what did he say? He wanted to play rap in retaliation or something, which was a terrible idea. But they uh, asked the flight attendant if she could do something, and she said, quote, at this stage, there's nothing I can do. And Luke is pretty pissed about this. He says that that is not the truth at all. That's just the flight attendant not wanting to deal with it, that they could have easily just gone by and said, oh, I noticed you didn't have any headphones. Here you go, which would be pretty slick. That's an excellent way to handle that.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's also how you find out if the person – just wants everyone to hear their Christian rock. If they don't <laughs> right. take advantage of the the earbuds.
2: Maybe they, this, they're evangelizing. They're trying right. to convert some That's souls here. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there is a, a tweet that Andrew wants to address from Leslie, which is coupled with an email from Tony. They both say, stop talking to Rudy at the top of the show um, because it's not working. As I said, it's not working. And... Um, They make a comparison to this being like George Costanza on Seinfeld trying to, I guess, uh, create his own nickname. He wants everyone to stop calling him George and start calling him T-Bone. And uh, how the more you try, the less likely it is that it's going to be a thing. But I think Luke is getting very stubborn about this now, even though he says he will abide by the the masses' a decision. I am starting to get the feeling that he's going to do what he's going to want to do. And the more that people say that they don't like it, the more he's going to be determined to do it
0: in true Burbankian fashion. Then maybe, they talk about, is that a deep play? Maybe that's why people are saying they think TBTL is overproduced.
2: Maybe. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Luke, we hate it when you try so hard to keep the show tight, non-schedule and on topic. How I'll show you. you. <laughs>
2: Uh, they get into some strange end-of-the-show uh, tangent about Muzak and music rights infringement. I don't remember what this was about at all. Um, and then they mention that Luke is going to L.A. tomorrow to shoot more goat yoga footage. Mm-hmm. Uh, music for your weekend. Uh, Andrew picks Lil Mama lip gloss. Luke, confusingly and in a very roundabout way, picks girl talk like this. I was extremely That irritated. must have been
0: where the
1: infringement... Thing came from because maybe I just girl talk is all samples.
2: Maybe this is just for us, but I really need him to tell me the title of the song when he picks it. I had to go and dig around on YouTube to actually figure out what the title of this song was. Track seven, Anne. I know. Well, I had found it before that point. (laughs) Yeah, because you want to
1: recapping Fridays.
2: You want to make sure that you get the actual, the correct artist and the correct title, and spell it all correctly, and it just involves a little bit more work. Uh,
1: from You might want to send that to Andrew because he has to put it in the newsletter. You don't <laughs> okay. want him to have to do yeah, I'll let him that know. as well.
2: <laughs> and finally from listener Ethan, uh he brings us Phoebe Bridgers and Motion Sickness. And that is the week.
1: All right. Knock knock knock. I'll skip. Uh as we talked about uh in LRB business, we need your business. We need your merch. Uh, orders. We need your your holiday dollars. So, please, please, get some We merch need them. From us.
2: Our uh, children won't have a Christmas unless you buy
1: merch.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and in the spirit of the holidays, if you want to be someone who sends holiday cards and receives them, go to tbtlcards at gmail.com. It's not our uh, jam or our gig, but it's a fun thing that a lot of people like to do, and they seem to get a kick out of it. So, do that uh, archive project. Just uh, con- contact us at littleredbandwagon.com or email Christy or send her a Facebook message and help us out because we're in the current year and we should be um, up to date pretty soon. But that all depends on your help. Buying stuff for Christmas and uh, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa through our Amazon link, Little Red Bandwagon. Dot com slash. May Amazon I interrupt with would be a commercial here? Sure.
0: So for for Amazon <clears throat> or anywhere else, but specifically for Amazon, I was thinking about this because of the uh the Girl Talk uh song and talk about Girl Talk on Friday's show. I may have mentioned this on the show once, I don't remember already, but uh a friend of mine um works for Hasbro, which has a is headquartered here in Pawtucket. And um, He gave me his latest creation a couple of weeks ago. It's a game called Drop Mix. And it's an interactive thing where you connect your phone and a speaker or use your phone speakers by Bluetooth to this board. And it's got spots on it where you can put playing cards down that come with the game. And all the playing cards are different songs, different songs and artists. I've got a stack in front of me right now. So I've got Sia's Chandelier. Um, I've got... uh, Heartbeat by Childish Gambino, Disturbed, Down With The Sickness, all sorts of different music. And it breaks down the different elements of the song. So you can get a vocal track or a piano track or a bass line based on the different cards. And you pop them onto the different spots on this thing and you can create your own mixes of these different songs like you're a cool DJ. And there's competitive versions of it where like you can challenge other people and try to mix it before they can or, or beat them to it or play in a party mode where lots of people can be involved, or you can just be me and just play by yourself and just mix for hours screwing around with these different cards, making your own mashups. It's super cool. Um, they spent years working on it cause they got the rights to all this different music. And, uh, it's like 60 bucks on Amazon. And if you have any music nerd people in your life, I highly recommend it. It is very cool. I'll put the link in the show notes. I like it that much. um, I think if I had anyone to shop for who I thought would get a kick out of anything musical or creatory, um it's super awesome. And I'm not just saying that because a buddy of mine helped create it and design it. <laughs> um, What's the name of the It's called game? Drop Mix. It's one word, and okay. it's a product from Hasbro. Um, you can Google it, too. There's videos of people demonstrating it and playing it. It's been a big hit at... Um, toy conventions and stuff. But I think it's a lot more than that too. Like, I think people who like music and deconstructing music, like if you like the song, Expo uh, song exploder podcast, or if you're like me and you're listening to Chris Malamphy's hit parade from slate and you like the way they sort of analyze the way the music comes together. It's really cool for that. So that's my Amazon pitch. Go to a little red slash Amazon and buy a drop mix for someone you like or yourself. Uh, or if you hate yourself, do it anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of music, you can listen to our friends
1: talk about music at Earbuds and Earworms. And this week's theme is body parts. I suggested the song, Peter Gabriel's song, In Your Eyes. Uh, I don't know if they use that. Um, and I must apologize to Amy if, if I had anything to do with people suggesting my neck, my back. Um <laughs> Because I guess that suggestion came in a lot. Um, Didn't occur to me to suggest it because I knew you wanted serious suggestions. So
0: uh, I'm sure it's going to be a great show. And she's probably not going to be playing My Neck, My Back. Two two (laughs) things. My Neck, My Back is a serious suggestion. It has multiple body parts in it. I'm not saying it's a good song or an appropriate song. I'm saying it has
1: four. It has four
0: (laughs) Well, if a crack counts as a body part, then yes. Oh, it certainly does. It and should. also I the saw is
2: negative space.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's true. That's I have true. not looked at, I haven't listened to it yet, but I did see the song list because she puts in her show descriptions, all the songs that she plays and my neck, my back mm-hmm. is on the description. So I don't, Oh, it is. I don't know if she just oh, okay. played it or referenced it and then intentionally didn't play it. That's your big cliffhanger.
1: <laughs> hmm. Well, I blame Matt Baca for bringing it to my attention and uh, so, you know, uh, at least I wasn't the one who put it on the earbuds and earworms page. You can send <laughs> us your favorite clips for our, our uh, end of year show; those would be most welcome as uh, we're going to be putting that together soon. Uh, Bobby, how do people get involved? Well, with the they show? can find
0: us at Little Red Bandwagon. No, they can't. They can find us at Little Red. I'm. Yes, they can. They can find us at com. They can find us at ThrowYourPhone.com on Facebook. On Twitter at LRB Podcast, they can email us at LittleRedBandwagon at gmail.com, and they can leave us voicemails and texts at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. I don't know why I thought that we suddenly didn't have that URL. We have lots of URLs, as I recently remembered from listening back to Thanksgiving 2016. Pod.dog also goes to our website. I think net goes to our website. Um, and how you like us, fam? <laughs> We should just start doing that. We should just start plugging, you know, use pod.dog. I'm just checking to make sure it still works. Nope, it doesn't work. LittleRideBandWalkin.com is the way to find us. Seagram's golden wine cooler. Seagram's. And if you want us to buy other domains, just tell us funny ones. My, mama. Sorry. All right, really Bruce, that's enough. pushing the two-hour mark here. Uh, but that, I will get us out of here before Mike. It's wet and it's dry. Sorry. Leaving it all in. Until next time, this is the next party. Oh, we love you, Jen. Sorry
1: about the loan. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> See you.